0: Okay, so tonight's talk is uh, on the subject of the four foundations of mindfulness, which hopefully uh, the majority of my talks will be centered around. The four foundations of mindfulness are the core of the practice of insight meditation. Anyone who is practicing something outside of the four foundations of mindfulness uh, shouldn't very very likely be given the benefit of the doubt that they're actually practicing insight meditation. We have the Lord Buddha's words that this is the ekayana magga. This is the direct way or even the only way. Yeah. It's a straight and perfect way for the realization of uh, freedom from suffering in its various forms. Now tonight I'd like to go into some detail, not exactly about how do we practice the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, because I think, actually, when you think about it, when we look at it, uh, the how is never really a big problem. We've got lots of people who can show you how to practice, um, and we've even got DVDs now, we've got videos on YouTube, we've got uh, books, we've got many, many, many uh Instruments which aid you in learning how to practice. Now, the problem for most people is not uh, not generally how; it's why. Why? 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 You often some you often think it's for Western people. It's our favorite letter of the alphabet. We like to bring this one up a lot. Why? 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 And this is generally what stops people from practicing. It's not how. It's why Why are we practicing And so when I made my series on On how to meditate Well the first problem that came up was That It clearly wasn't was only half the battle Or not even half the battle I mean people were saying Great, great, great But why Why should I practice meditation I'm not a monk I still live in the world No, life is Life is great Life is fine No. Well, actually, there's, you know, I've got lots of suffering and and problems in my life, but you know, I get by. You know, I I make a living. Maybe stressed out or have trouble sometimes, but you know, I find ways to keep my my head above the water. So why should I practice meditation? And so I made another series of videos, or I'm in the process. We've made I've made altogether four four of the five videos which I intend to make. And these new five videos are, uh, they're called, not how to meditate, but why. And the series is entitled, Why Everyone Should Practice Meditation. Because the answer to the question, someone gave the question, was meditation, so is meditation only for monks, or can non-monks med- should non-monks meditate? And so this is, yeah, my answer was, yes, everyone should practice meditation. And I have proof to back, I have reasons to back it up. Five good reasons, or the top five reasons why everyone should practice meditation. And so it's like on, the, uh, you see on television, the top five this, the top ten this, and so on. Here we have the top five reasons why everyone should practice meditation. Counting down. The first, the number five reason why everyone should practice meditation is because meditation is something which purifies the mind. And this in and of itself is a very powerful reason. Uh, It's often not enough, but anyway, it's the number five top reason why everyone should practice meditation. The number four reason is because meditation allows one to overcome sorrow, lamentation, despair depression, stress, uh, all sorts of mental conditions which are identified by psychiatrists and therapists uh, in the Western world, but are often uh, very elusive in terms of finding a, a cure. Well, meditation, the number four reason why everyone should practice meditation is because it cures, it does away with, it does away with any need for any of these conditions and you need to worry about any of these conditions. The number three reason why everyone should practice meditation is because meditation does away with not only mental suffering but b- also physical suffering. Uh, both mental and physical suffering can be completely done away with through the practice of meditation. The number two reason is because meditation allows one to live one's life well. Allows one to live the right life, the good life, a noble and honorable life, uh, to, to live one's life in the right way, to find the right path in life. And the number one reason why everyone should practice meditation is because meditation simply makes you free. So this is what I'm going to talk about tonight, these five things, and I'm going to sort of back up my assertions as to why I think these things are really and truly reasons why uh, really really and truly real benefits that people get when they practice meditation. And because I think if we can sort of give some proof or some logic behind why it is that meditation brings these things about, I don't think there's anybody who would argue why these are five really good reasons to do anything. If there's anything you could find and that would give you these five benefits. I think we would all, if we could be sure that it was going to give these things, we would all jump on the bandwagon. Because, all oh, the problem is, how do we know? How do we know that this is real? And so this is what the talk's about tonight. Starting, counting down again, the number five reason. So we to say that meditation is something which purifies the mind. Well, this is something which we may not give a lot of thought to as ordinary people. Sometimes we think about, you know, purifying our body. You know, I've heard about people doing very crazy things to purify their body. And with some success. <clears throat> you know, people going through detox and people taking uh, all sorts of medicines and changing their diets, Doing all sorts of things to purify their mind, purify their body. Now the problem with this, of course, is that the body is something uh, very temporary. It's got a limited lifespan. You know, the body eventually, for all of us, for those of you who didn't know, it eventually dies. You know. The body eventually wears out and, and, and dies, stops working. There's no cure for this. There's no known cure for this. Uh, if someone finds one, I think, they'd be, <coughs> they'd be very, very rich. Um, because we we have come to real come to understand that this body is something that you can only purify to a certain extent it's full of all sorts of um, problems and um, systems which eventually malfunction and simply give out give in and stop working so All of our attention, placing all of our attention on the body we sometimes forget that really there's another part to who we are and this is our mind. And this is something which in a very real way can be either pure or impure. That Much of the time it's actually full of all sorts of impurities. It's got many things in it that we would rather weren't there. And certainly many of the people around us would rather weren't there. Uh, when we have interactions with people in terms of uh, anger or, or you know, even greed, wanting from them, you know, cheating, or, uh, tricking, or, or hurting them to get what we want, or so on. Um, I think we'd all agree that we, at least we can look at each other and say, you know, I wish that person didn't have that quality, or I wish they were more this, I wish they were more that, I mean, that this is easy. But if we start there, then we can then turn in on ourselves and say, well, no, let's not be hypocritical here. Let's look at ourselves and say, well, you know, what about how everyone looks at us? Don't you think that they see some things that we could get rid of as well? And we wish this about other people. We're always trying to change everybody else. You know, you should be more this, you should be more that. You're not this enough, you're not that enough. You're know, too this, you're too that. And we, we we complain and we get angry and we can even begin to fight and to argue. But we ourselves have these very same emotions, these very same mind states. And they're clearly not wholesome either for ourselves or for other people. They create suffering for ourselves and suffering for other people. So this is a very important reason why we should do something about these things. These things are not kosher, they're not cool, they're not good, they're not beneficial. For instance, hatred or anger... Um, even frustration or boredom These are all things which tend to have a negative effect on, on our lives you know, When we get angry all the time this, this makes people not want to be around us When we hate other people This creates great suffering Where we come to kill other people Or hurt other people Or go to war and, Or many terrible things we can do Because of hatred even frustration, we want to be patient and suddenly we get frustrated, we can't take it anymore. And we can ruin so many things out of frustration or boredom. You know, we can't do the work we're doing because we're bored, we want to go out and have fun. These are all negative emotions which we would be much better without. But instead the best we can do is run away from them. Our normal way of reacting to these things is simply to um, find a way to not have to experience them so when one of them comes up we we go watch television or we listen to music or we take drugs or alcohol or you know, engage in all of the many pleasures in life we run away from the emotion instead of learning to uh, accept and understand and deal with it and sort of go through it get over it and so we're never we never really have a chance we're just always running away and whenever there's a point where we're backed into a corner where we can't run away, where we can't get what we want, then we explode. And, and the anger, of course, has its, has its chance. Greed, of course, you can say many of the same things. Addiction, you know, where we all have to consume and buy and eat, and how, how terrible the terrible things we do to our own body simply because of our greed. You know, needing this food and that food, uh, we don't even realize it, but we're addicted so much to so many different kinds of food. You know, we destroy our body. Our addiction to sensual pleasures, you know, needing to watch television and you know, surf on the internet and listen to music. and We waste so much of our life that we could be learning, that we could be working, that we could be doing something productive, helping this world, simply in consuming. Simply in indulging in... You know, basically an escape from the other side, the negative side. Now meditation, what meditation does is it brings us back to the center. It brings us back to reality. It allows us to th- see things for what they are, and to not see things for what, how, we, how we judge them to be. You know, when something arises for us, we come to see it simply for what it is. When we hear something, if someone says something nasty to us, we come to see it for what it is, that it's a sound that's arisen. It arose because of the vocal cords in that person's throat, and now it, we're, we're hearing it because it touched our ear. And when we see it for that, we, we take it in a very neutral sort of way, and we're able to see with wisdom, Now, this person's just, um, you know, that's just the way they are at this point. They may be angry at us, and we understand the thing as it is, that this is simply a reality. And the way we do this, for those of you who are unfamiliar, is we use this mantra or this clear thought. We create a clear thought where normally our thoughts are all mixed up and messed up and angry and greedy and judging all the time. Instead, when we suppose we hear something, we take this sound, this nasty sound, nasty words, and we simply remind ourselves of what it is. We have this mantra that reminds us that this is just sound. We come back to the reality of it What's real about it What's real about it is not the words That's something that comes later in our mind Which we put together and turn into You know, nasty words It's actually just sound touching the ear So we say to ourselves, hearing And when we say to ourselves, hearing We can say it again and again Hearing, hearing, hearing It, it loses any of its power over us The person can yell and yell As long as they can yell and scream Until they go hoarse yeah. Our minds are calm, our minds are pure. Because we're with reality, we're, in, we're with the, the truth of, this, of the experience. We've given up all of this delusion and illusion and misunderstanding which would otherwise create all sorts of suffering. So this is how, my, how meditation, this is one clear example how it, it purifies our mind, how it purifies the mind of these otherwise unpleasant... Uh, we don't have to get angry at all. And the unpleasant emotion and mind state is is avoided. Now suppose we're not able to do this, and we do get angry, it's still not a lost cause. Because when we get angry, well, we still haven't yelled, we still haven't done anything, we're just angry inside. So instead of yelling, instead of fighting back, we can simply say to ourselves, angry, 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 reminding ourselves, hey, this is only a certain emotion that we give the name anger to. It doesn't have to be a reason for us. It doesn't have to be so many different things, like a reason for us to hit, a reason for us to yell, a reason for us to do nasty things. It simply can be anger, an emotion, something that has arisen and will soon disappear. And if we keep it at that, we're pure at least to that extent, where we don't do nasty things or say nasty things. Now once we do this again and again, we, we become pure on, on a deeper level we start to understand that anger is really not beneficial for us. We understand that boredom, that frustration, that hatred, all of these different flavors of anger are are simply simply negative emotions that we wouldn't be much, far better without. And so we give them up. When we give them up, we our mind is pure. Uh, and there's happiness, there's peace which comes from that. So this is the first one. Everyone wants... In some way, we want to be a good person, or what we think is a good person. As we practice, we come to realize that things like anger, or greed, addiction, and so on, these are things which create suffering for us. And when we come to see this, as we you know, we want something, we say, wanting, wanting. We don't have to go get it. If we see something that would normally make us want it, we say, seeing, seeing. And we, we feel happy, we feel calm. We don't have to chase after things again and again, things that are addictive, or, or things that we... Uh, are attached to. We're able to live uh, unattached. So, uh, once once we see this, then our mind is pure. And this is the number five benefit. This is in in brief. For those of you who haven't practiced, you have to come and, and actually see for yourself that as you practice, your mind slowly, slowly, slowly becomes pure. This is the number five benefit. The number four benefit is That meditation does away with all sorts of, um, you could say, mental sicknesses or mental diseases, mental illnesses. Uh, How do you say? Um, Neuroses or um, all sorts of mental conditions that we normally would want to go out and find a pill for. We've got this crazy thing in this country or in this part of the world. Or... uh, in, in modern society, I guess it's now it's gone all over the world by now, where we have to find a pill for everything. It wasn't enough that we could find a pill for every sickness in the body. We now have to find a pill for every sickness in the mind and somehow claim that you know, these pills are going to somehow change our minds in some real way. And the truth is, if you don't change your mind, the pill is, the pill is not, going to, not going to do much except... Um, you know, change the chemicals in the brain, but once you stop taking the pill, those chemicals will just come back if you haven 't changed your your attitude, your way of looking at things then th- these pills will in the end have no effect unless you take them for the rest of your life until you until you die. We have to. But there's a, there's a very much easier way to look at these things. And in fact, things like depression, things like grieving or uh, mourning, things like stress, insomnia, um, you know, fear, neurosis, uh, all of these conditions, they're actually quite easy to cure. much easier than, than some of the deeper you know, emotion, like just simply being an angry person or so on. All of these ones are actually quite easy to cure. Depression. People are depressed. It's actually very easy. If someone is depressed, it's, it's kind of like they just don't know. They don't have anything better to do than just sit there and mope. So we give them something better to do. And when you sit there, and instead you say depressed, depressed. Suddenly you got no reason to be depressed anymore. You know, you're suddenly kind of, kind of happy. You know, what it means is your your mind is clear. You know, when your mind is clear, you you know there's no. There's no problem just sitting there and you've got no reason to be depressed. You could just sit there all day and think, depressed, depressed, depressed. Because you, you, you feel kind of neutral about it, kind of peaceful about it. And when your mind changes like that, then you can change your life in, in a very short time. People kill themselves because of these things. People get depressed and then they want to die. They, want, you know, they don't have anything better They just this spiral goes on. It's actually a very simple thing to cure if you just... You know, reverse the spiral or stop the spiral where it is when you feel depressed say depressed depressed when you're thinking 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 just know what you're doing all the time know what's happening all the time you create this clear thought and it replaces the old thought you know, there's, there's no reason because another thing is that all of these um, conditions they take concept as, a, as an object like you're depressed because you lost your job or you failed or your family situation is no good, or so on. But all of these things are just thoughts going on in the mind, and the reality of it is you're just sitting here. And you can, you've got a choice. You can sit here depressed, or you can sit here and, and, uh, and live in the, in the now, in the reality of it. You know, Depression means thinking about that thing, the problem that's in the past, or maybe a problem in the future, or so on. Reality is, is you know, now I'm sitting... You just say to yourself, sitting, or you take one of the many meditation objects which, we, which keep us in the present moment. And when you do this, you, you know, there's no reason for us to be depressed anymore. You know, there's no stimulus coming in except these thoughts. So we say to ourselves, thinking, and then we come back again to the present moment. The reality of the situation is fine. It's some kind of concept that we construct that's still in our mind that we're sticking to. That's making us this way. Another good one is insomnia Many people, they, they suffer from insomnia Where they can't sleep So the first thing I always tell people is Don't worry, in meditation you don't have to sleep You can lie there and meditate all night And you'll be just fine And this makes people happy you know, this, is something, this is the first step to getting overcoming insomnia Is to not worry about sleeping So how do you stop worrying about sleeping? Just lie there all night and say to yourself, lying, lying, or watch your breath rising, falling, rising, falling. And you feel great. And you can lie there all night and wake up and get up in the morning, even if you didn't sleep at all. Uh, You'll find that you're well rested, You're, you're maybe a little bit dazed, you know, something new, you've never done that before. But you feel better. And you do this again two or three nights. Actually, usually the first night it really works. The first night, normally you're, you're there all night having this panic attack that you can't sleep. Now you say to yourself, great, I'll just lie here and do meditation. Rising, falling. About five minutes later, you're sound asleep. <laughs> Why? Because the mind lets go. There's no more, you know, there's no reason for us to, not, have to sleep, not be able to sleep. There's nothing to do with our lying position or our health. It's our mind. You know, it's not real. There's no real problem there. You know, the bed's fine, you know, your body's fine, the air temperature is fine, everything is great. But the mind has a problem. So let's bring the mind back to the reality. And then we, wow, actually it's a nice comfortable bed I'm in and you fall asleep. Uh, and, and this works, this is real. This is not something that I'm just saying to get people to practice. So many people, when they practice meditation one or two days, and they've cured a lifetime of insomnia. There's no pills needed. And all of the other, these other mental sicknesses that we suffer from. You know, real and true psychosis is, is, is quite difficult. People who are truly paranoid or so on, okay, this is something different. But here we're talking about these simple human conditions. People who have stress, people who have worry, people who have fear, people who have depression, people who have mourning and sadness, people who can't sleep and so on, all of these conditions. These are very easy to do away with. So this is another really good reason why everyone should practice meditation. Because we all suffer from these from at one time or another. And the number three reason why everyone should practice meditation. Uh, the number three reason is that both physical and mental suffering can be done away with. Now here we have to be careful. In the beginning for sure, meditation is, can actually be something that creates a whole lot of physical suffering for the beginner meditator. When we come to meditate, our, of course our bodies are not used to this, sitting still for so long. And often it can be very, uh, a very great amount of physical suffering. It can often be a great amount of mental suffering. It can be torture for the average person because our minds are, are totally untrained. Our minds are totally, totally unaccustomed to being still, both our bodies and our minds. You know, we're so used to rushing around and, you know, our minds rushing ahead of us we'll be walking quickly down the street but our minds already reached the school or the office or where we're going you know, we're, not, we're, we're never here we're never now and we're never happy with the present moment we're never happy with reality and so when we come to practice it often seems that it's exactly the opposite that it's actually bringing about suffering so how is it that meditation does away with both mental and physical suffering well we can start with mental suffering because inside of ourselves, we have, we have uh, two kinds of suffering. We've got mental suffering and physical suffering. Mental suffering, uh, very obviously we can see this, comes from our emotions. When we get angry, when we don't like something, this makes us suffer. You know? So we can feel pain in the body. But if we're able to do away with this mental suffering, when we, when we do away with the disliking of it, you know, so we have pain in the body and we say to ourselves, Pain, 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 pain. As we say this to us, our mind slowly, slowly changes. And we call this the straightening of the mind. That our mind slowly becomes straight. Where before our mind was crooked. Because if you're going to hold on to something, it has to bend. When your mind is straight, it can't hold on to anything. Just like this straight hand. When you want to hold on to something, you have to bend, you have to grasp. When your mind is straight... So it's like when your hand is straight, you can't grab anything You don't grab anything You cut right straight through So when we have the pain And we say to ourselves, pain, pain we, it, The mind is straight, it's clear It's perfectly in line with the reality of it Not liking or disliking the experience So in this case, the disliking doesn't arise When the disliking doesn't arise Well, that very disliking That is mental suffering Without disliking, there is no mental suffering When something good comes up and we want it, we want to go after it. So we say to ourselves, wanting, wanting, or even just seeing, seeing. Or we think about something, about thinking, thinking. And we don't have to chase after it. Now why is chasing after good things a problem? Well, okay, so we get what we want and we feel happy. We also like it, we also enjoy it. And this reinforces the sort of the, yeah, yeah, getting, running after it was a good thing because it gave me what i wanted but no matter what it is that thing that you get is incredibly terribly impermanent it lasts for a short time and then the happy feeling disappears you know maybe you're listening to music and you know it makes you happy for a short while but then you get bored of it or, or you want to go into something else and find something else and this is how it works because once the happiness disappears well you've reinforced this idea yeah i got something out of that so where can I get the next one? And you, you reinforce this desire. This is how addiction arises. Addiction doesn't have to just arise with, towards, towards um, medicinal drugs. It can arise towards the television. It can arise towards music. It can arise, of course, towards people. It can arise towards food. It can arise towards so many different things. And it's the very same, even from a scientific point of view, it's the very same chemical reaction going on in the brain. That you that we normally associate with uh, hard drugs, uh, addictive drugs. Well, all of these stimuli, stimulus, all the stimuli from the world around us. These are also very much addictive. And what happens when we don't get what we want? We we strive and we strive to get it. We feel unhappy. We feel uh, uh, fail a failure that we have failed to get what we wanted. And this is what leads, then, to the anger. It leads to the upset. It leads to the frustration. You know, when we can't get what we want. You know, we wanted to get a job, and we didn't get the job. We wanted to pass a grade, and we didn't pass the grade. We wanted to get this, we didn't get this. We wanted to... Um, so on and so on, so many different things. When we can't get what we want, it's very clear. We, we set ourselves up for this, you know, this pleasure system is working in the mind, and it doesn't come to its fruition, and it leads to a state of suffering, a state of unpleasantness. So when we do away with these things, then our mind is, is free from suffering. Now, as far as freeing our body from suffering, this is a whole other issue, and this works on several levels. The first level, or the I guess the most um, obvious level, is that meditation Sort of releases the mind's hold over the body. You know, that many of the sicknesses that exist in the in the body are actually caused from simply from the mental stress. You know, this is, we understand even in the West that stress is a real cause of of sickness. You know, it can change the whole way the way our whole body works when we have um, anger, or when we have fear, or when we have worry. All of these things. They build up and they, they accumulate in the body, even when we have greed, you know, we, 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 we attack our body with so many different things, be it food, or be it drugs, or alcohol, or even just live sitting on the couch watching television, you know, so on and so on, all of the many things we do, lying in bed when we should be getting up and doing something. The things we do to our body, we, can cha- we change these, and we live our lives, we, we maybe even eat less, or we, um, we uh, all of these, the things which we need, need we give up, um, and we stress less, we get angry less, and so our bodies are, are very much uh, in a, more in a state of rest, in a state of, of tranquility, in a more neutral, balanced state. And so many of the sicknesses which we would normally consider to be um, even fatal or non uncurable can often be cured simply because the mind goes back to its original state. These are diseases that were caused by uh, an unbalanced mind, a mind which was not in the present reality, was not uh, living in reality, was not at ease with reality, at peace with reality. Uh, other ways that, that the body is helped through the practice of meditation? Well, the practice of meditation is a kind of uh, bodily training as well. The walking meditation, for instance, uh, is something which helps food digest uh, peacefully, um, it's something which allows the mind, the blood to flow through the body, and so on. Um, and and so on, and anyway, I, I think the bodily suffering, one of the, one of the ways that we, the most important way that we can overcome bodily suffering is by realizing that it's not really suffering at all. That actually the pain is something which exists only in the mind. And this is something that is not obviously clear to us. The most important way of getting rid of bodily suffering is simply to realize that it's actually just a physical sensation which the, bo- the mind interprets as painful. Um, because, because of how it's used to or because of um, the way it's conditioned. So when we do say to ourselves, pain, pain, if we do it um, intensively, if we practice again and again and again, we see that actually, sometimes, it, or oftentimes, and eventually, it, it, uh, all of the time, it simply goes away. That the pains which you know plagued us for years or all throughout our meditation... They simply disappear, and they never come back. And uh, that we realize that, it's that we still feel the sensation, but it's not painful. Or like our mind has given up, our mind has changed in regards to that sensation. So this is the third reason why everyone should practice meditation, because it overcomes both physical and mental suffering. The number, the top two, the number two top reason why everyone should practice meditation is because it, it puts us on the right path. And of course this is um, sort of something which we don't really like to hear, this idea of the right path. I mean, we all like to say that you know, everyone has their own path, and uh, you know, what you, what's right for you is right for you, your path is right for you, my path is right for me, and they're not the same path. And this is not what I'm trying, to, I'm not trying to refute this. I think, of course, everyone has their different path. I'm not trying to suggest that everyone has to be just like me. I think that would be a terrible world to live in. But um, everyone has a certain quality to them, which uh, they can develop. And we call this living the right way. So if you're going to be a doctor, be a doctor. If you're going to be a teacher, be a teacher. If you're going to be a monk, be a monk. Whatever you do in life, uh, you do it right. This is what is meant by the right way. And so we can go through all of the many ways in life. Let's ask ourselves, so what is the right way? Well, first of all, we ask, what are all the other ways that we could take? And so the first way which we could take is the way of anger. The second way we could take is the way of greed. The third is the way of delusion, ignorance. The fourth is the ordinary way, the the ordinary human way. The fifth is the way... Uh, of an angel or the good way the way of a good person the way of a of a of a a good doer you could say and the sixth is the way uh, the way of God or the way of a uh, of uh, of tranquility you could say the way of calm the way of focus of concentration of stillness of oneness these are all the other ways that we recognize very distinct ways and you, once, you once you understand these, it makes sense what we mean by, oh, how everyone can follow the right way, the same right way. Because we could be angry all the time. If we're angry, it's like living in hell. It's like being, uh, uh, in living, your life is hell if you're angry all the time. This is, if you want to know what it's like being in hell, just get angry all the time. And greed is like being a ghost. If you think of ghosts, ghosts are people are beings that are crying all the time, wailing all the time, and going around cold, and you know, whenever a ghost comes into the room, it suddenly gets cold, right? Well, this is actually the case, because they're cold, they're miserable. You know? they're, they, they, they never have what they want. They're, they want something. You know? They're clinging to something, right? We talk about haunted houses. Why is the house haunted? Because the ghosts can't let go, you know. No, it's, it's not coming to hurt anyone. It just can't let go. It's like it can't move on. It needs something. So this is the great thing about meditators: is we come in, and we do this. We have this great meditation practice, and we we can even change the way ghosts act. Ghosts, they you know, when they get a feeling for the meditator, they start to you know relax, and they don't need anything, and they're able to let go and move on. I know all of the meditators are so happy when they come to the monastery. Because they get to help all the ghosts in the monastery. Thai meditators love it. They love coming to the monastery because then they can... And all the ghosts are in the monasteries and they can, uh, they can send their loving kindness to the ghost to make the ghosts feel happy. I'm lying through my teeth, of course, and Thai meditators are deathly afraid of ghosts. I think it's kind of funny, actually. Because Western people are not nearly as afraid of ghosts. I mean, we think we're afraid of ghosts, but... Mm. Thai people make it a, an, an art. It's like something that I don't even realize. I always wonder why people are so afraid. And When I find out they're afraid of ghosts, it's almost funny. It's like, oh, good, you can keep the ghost company. Good for you. Ghosts are not scary. Ghosts are, 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 are what's scary is being a ghost, because you're always hungry. You're always wanting And this is the way of people who are greedy all the time. When you're greedy, you're always wanting, No, It's like being a ghost. The third way is the way of delusion or stupidity or ignorance. And this is like being an ordinary uh, farm animal, like a cow or a goat or a pig or uh, uh, maybe a bug or some some kind of animal. If you look into the eyes of, say, a dog, for instance, or a cow, you don't see a lot of insight or wisdom. Um, Some people claim otherwise, but I think they're fooling themselves. Actually, cows are not that intelligent. Dogs are not that intelligent. We sometimes say, dogs are so smart, my dog is so smart, anybody who says they're stupid is is wrong. Why? Because my dog, when I say sit, it can sit. I think, wow, you know, let's send it to university. (laughs) A dog, look, when you say sit, it (laughs) sits. Maybe it's the next Einstein <laughs> no we've got to be we've got to be clear about this one, and you know smart for a dog is clearly still incredibly stupid for a human being, but there are many human beings who f- who refuse to uh, do anything to make themselves smart that they're very content to live like dogs or pigs or cows, and we might even know some people like this, people who just don't care, people who are content just to live and eat, eat and sleep and indulge in sensual pleasures uh, without, without having any care or thought for uh, enlightening themselves or learning more. People who would never think to come and listen to a talk on, on meditation, they think, oh my God, what a waste of time. You know, it's a Saturday night and you're going to the monastery, <laughs> you're crazy. You know, these kind of people... These kind of people are you know living their lives like animals. There's no, There's no noble, honorable uh, quality to their lives. So this we call like living like an animal. Living like a human is living like most of us. We don't do very good things, but we don't do very bad things. So we just kind of live, and we sort of make this society make the, our societies run and i think we slowly slowly ruin this planet uh, to put it bluntly because we we don't really have any care for anything we're not trying to improve the world we're not trying to you know get out there and run for congress or try to change things we're just kind of content to live our lives you know live our lives work our jobs run the rat race and get old sick and die And okay, so maybe it's painting it a little bit negative. It's not quite so negative. It's kind of, you know, it's a reasonable way to live. We all understand, you know, nothing really wrong with it. The problem is there's just nothing really honorable about it. And you end up being a part of the problem. (coughs) You you end up polluting and ruining the planet for everybody else. You end up, you know, creating traffic jams. (laughs) All these people are just living their lives. You know, they end up, you know, Creating smog and pollution and traffic and noise and, and so on and so on, actually turning the world into a, a fairly uncomfortable place to live, and it just slowly, slowly deteriorates because no one really gives a gives a heck, gives a darn. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is one way to live, and and all we have to say about it is it's just not very noble. You know, there's better things you could do with your life than just work nine to five for until you're too old to. To, uh, to do anything else Until you're too old to change Until finally, you know It's too late to have done anything else You're, you're old and it's time to get sick and die This is simply just a mm, Substandard way of living let's say, let's say, okay, this is one way people can live But we've got a better way I think This is number four Number five is living a good life Doing good deeds, living like an angel and this is a good way of living. The problem is, it's very hard to maintain, and it often becomes, you know, you're not really doing it from your heart. Like have you've ever seen these uh, sometimes zealous religious people who, who, who want to do good deeds for you, you know, but they got a Bible for you as well, or this kind of thing. You know, you know I'm, I'm here to help you and give you, you know, some this and this and. and it, it, you sort of get a feeling that they're not really heartfelt when they're helping you. Some people are very kind and generous, but you, know, you get the feeling that often it's, it's not from, from the heart. It's not heartfelt. And why is this? Because these people still have greed, they still have anger, they still have delusion. They've still got a problem inside. They're still not perfect. So we've got a better way. This way is not really worrying so much about doing good deeds. You know, we always tell people to do good deeds... But it's not what we're focused on, because there's something more important, and this is purifying the source of those deeds. Because if your mind is pure, it, go, it only stands to follow that you can't do evil deeds. Everything you do has to be a good deed or an ordinary deed. That when it comes time to do something good, that because of the uh, lack of anger, the lack of greed, you're, you're very happy to do a good deed for someone. And then when you go out and say, you know, I want to do this, it comes from the heart, because your heart is pure. They say it's like a river, or these uh, mountain springs that we get all our water from. Well, if it's clean, then you can take water from anywhere down the stream. And you—if you, once the source is clean, you can get clean water down Anywhere down the line But if the source is unclean It doesn't matter If there's nothing No problem down the line None of the water is clean Once the You know Once the source is clean Then animals And people And uh, We can all take water To drink anywhere down the line It comes from the source And the same is with our minds When our minds are pure Everything we do For every, other people Everything we say Is a good deed So So where Well, we might say that, you know, doing these good deeds and being a good person and abstaining from bad deeds, this is important, this is a good thing, but we have a something better, and, or something maybe a little more important at, present, at the present, something that is a little more to the point, and this is the purification of the mind, which we've been talking about. And the final other way which people can take is the practice of tranquility. And this is what most people associate with meditation. I think when you sit and meditate, you just blank your mind and you, you know, it's like it's like uh, becoming a rock. And you just kind of sit there for a while and your mind is blank, is calm, is is uh, peaceful for some time. When you come out, okay, back to the old rat race again, but it's kind of like an escape. So they think that when we ordain as monks it's because we're trying to run away now we turn the we turn that around on its on its face and say that it's everyone. it's people who aren't meditating who are running away. It's us who stop and refuse to run away because we have to face these problems and learn to deal with them. This practice of tranquility meditation or or meditation which fixes the mind on something else is is really and truly just an escape. And this is the reason why people think meditators are running away because Pro- probably most meditators are. If they don't understand how to stay here and now you know, when you close your eyes, you're not going anywhere. You're not trying to run away from the problems by closing your eyes. You're trying to focus more deeply on the problems. You know, when you have pain or anger or greed, or this or that, you're trying to look at these things. You're not trying to run away from them. So. We have a different way, and this is we call it the right way, and this is the way of meditation practice. And this is according to the the, the practice that we follow. It's on our it's on videos, and we've got it you know, teaching it here. We have people here to teach how to how to do it. So there's no need to wonder about how or what is the practice. Here we're we're focusing on why we should practice. And so if this sounds good, then everyone sign up. You're welcome to sign up and. Uh, those of you who have already started practicing, gives you more encouragement to keep practicing. So this is the number two. The top reason why everyone should practice meditation is because meditation simply makes you free. It makes you free. We are no longer slaves. We're no longer slaves to our desire, slaves to our anger, slaves to our bigotry and hatred and stinginess and, and jealousy and conceit, and slave to our views and our beliefs. We're no longer slave to to society. We're no longer slave to our jobs, to our families. We are free. And freedom here is... It means freedom in a very real sense. It doesn't mean some kind of... um, philosophical or some kind of theoretical freedom where we run away from everything and we no longer have any of these responsibilities. It means living with all of those responsibilities and burdens and problems without seeing them as responsibilities, burdens or problems. Simply seeing them for what they are, seeing them for the reality of them, that we're sitting here right now and instead of Worrying about what we're doing tomorrow morning or worrying about if we're going to have still have a job tomorrow or worrying how we're going to make the mortgage payments or so on. Simply living in the here and now and knowing that in the end everyone gets old, sick and dies anyway. And the reality of it is we're no worse off or better off than anybody else. The millionaire, billionaire living in their luxury uh, mansion is actually no better or no worse off than any of us. Now, for myself, I have no, I have absolutely, I, have, I haven't had touched money for years, and I don't feel any poorer than, than the, the, the greatest and biggest of the rich and famous. In fact, it kind of feels like a real happiness, and this is something which people notice when they begin to practice meditation, that the, the, the letting go is the happiness, the giving up, the not having you know, having is something you have to hold something you have to carry in the time of the Buddha there was even a king who left his kingdom behind and he went off and sat under the tree and meditated and he closed his eyes and he said oh what so, what, what happiness what happiness oh what happiness what happiness and all of the monks thought he must be thinking back to when he was a king You know, for sure he must have slipped and he must be thinking of Mm. He must be thinking about all of that happiness he had. So they went to tell the Buddha, and the Buddha called him over and said, "What?" And 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 he said, "Well, he said, you know, it's up to the Lord Buddha. You know, you're going to punish me or you know, instruct me. The B- Lord Buddha knows best." And the Buddha looked at him and he said, "He's just happy because he has nothing. He's happy because everything, all of the, you know, being surrounded by uh, guards. You know, when you're king, you have to always worry about." oh, they're going to revolt, or oh, there's going to be uh, famine, or oh, this or that, assassinations, and intrigue. And, I mean, think of our lives, all of the things we have to deal with. It's like, when you have nothing, you just, you just live. And so it doesn't mean that we all have to you know, go and live under a tree for the rest of our lives. It has to do with the mind when we live our lives and we're not worried about anything, we're not concerned about anything. It doesn't mean we don't do anything. We, In fact, when, you know, some people wonder, well, does that mean we just sit around and stare at the wall all day and you know, the, the guy comes for the, you know, for the mortgage payment and you just say, oh, I don't care. <laughs> That's not what it means. It means you do what you... Do. And it's not what happens either. When you practice meditation, you don't become like that. When you practice meditation, you do... Everything you do, you do better, because your mind is clear. You're not worried, you're not angry, you're not averse to anything. Someone says, can you take out the trash? You don't get angry or upset, oh, again taking out the trash. You just do it. You get up, standing, you walk, walking, you see the trash, you see seeing, you pick up the trash, lifting, you move, moving, moving. You're aware all the time, and there's no thought, oh, this again, this again, oh, this is garbage, smelling, you just do it, and you live it, and you feel happy. You could do anything. You can uh, find happiness anywhere. You're free. You don't feel stuck to anything. When things change, you change with them. If things stay and don't change, you don't change. You stay with them. You're patient. Patient in change and patient in stability. When things don't go away, you just live with them. You know, when new things come, you adapt to them. This is what it means to be free. It doesn't mean running away. It doesn't mean uh, finding an escape. It means freedom here and now. Freedom from, not freedom to. Uh, We're not trying to do anything new. We're trying to be free from suffering. Free from three things, in fact. One, we're free from our own uh, unwholesomeness. Free from our own negative mind states. Two, we're free from the bad deeds that we might do The bad things we might say or do Because of those mind states you know, Free from karma, we say We won't do anything bad when we don't have bad mind states If we don't get angry, we never yell if We never kill, we never hurt If we don't have greed, we never steal We never cheat, we never lie If we don't have delusion, we never uh, oppress other people you know, We never try to uh, hurt other people for our own benefit, or so on. Uh, try to make people uh, look up to us, as we're make people afraid of us, or so on. And the third thing is, we are free from suffering, of course, because when we stop doing bad deeds, we don't suffer from our own uh, evil. You know, we don't have enemies. Uh, we don't worry about enemies. You know, we've we've given up uh, any idea of creating suffering for ourselves or other people. And whatever suffering that comes to us, we're able to see it simply for what it is and not suffer as a result of it. This is the number one reason why everyone should practice meditation. And so this is the talk tonight, Why Everyone Should Practice Meditation. I've given five good reasons. And all that's left for you to do is to pick up a copy of our DVD. <laughs> now. I love this because uh, you always hear about these preachers and they have these DVDs for sale. You know, in our, And all of what I've said here is in our bookstore. Pick it up for a uh, very reasonable cost. Well, here are, we've got a very reasonable cost and, and the cost of our DVDs is nothing. Our DVDs are given out for free. and, and But only one per customer because uh, everybody wants one. If you have friends, you can take one for your friend. That's not a problem. Uh, but you know, DVDs are one way to reach more people than we'd otherwise be able to reach because uh, we've only got limited limited staff at this point and I myself am not able to give the very basic instructions again and again and again as I might otherwise uh, like to. So you're welcome to take that as one avenue. If you'd like to come and talk or get some human contact, that's another way. But if possible, we encourage people to uh, sort of get started on their own using uh, an electronic method, if possible. Otherwise... uh, For those of you who are already practicing, just keep practicing. These are good reasons to do so. Uh, And if you practice, and uh, if you practice, or you watch the DVD and you practice according to as we teach, and you get no good results, no problem. Money back guarantee. (laughs) 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 So, this is all for tonight. I hope that all of you, through your meditation practice, are able to uh, reach complete freedom. Uh, happiness uh, happiness peace and freedom from suffering yeah, thank you and have a good night